today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. He has to acquiesce to the truth, the reality of the goodness of God. That God, no matter what, I can try to factor Him out of my life. I can try to find the meaning of life without Him. But at the end of the day, in the final analysis, I keep coming back to Him because He will always have the final word in the end. God rules over all and overrules all. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. Are you trying to find meaning in your life apart from God? In today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches you that without God factored in, life is meaningless. God is the one who rules all and is over all. Trying to find meaning outside of Him who created you will only lead to sadness and disappointment. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. God has put, placed, set eternity in your heart. In other words, <laughs> you, you can try all you want to make sense in time, out of time, but you'll never do it because here's eternity going, Hello? Hello, I'm here. What are you doing here? Well, God put me here. God put eternity. This is why it is, by the way, that even those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they know in their heart that something's not right. There's got to be more to life than this. You know why? Because God put eternity in their heart. I mean, talk about messing people up. I mean, they're, they're living for time. God did not create us for time. He created us for eternity because God put eternity in our hearts. And that's the only way anything and everything in time will be set right. I suppose you could say that it will be set right and beautiful and meaningful in its time because of eternity, vis-a-vis eternity, the eternity that God has placed in our hearts. But then he goes on, and this is interesting. He says, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to end. What does that mean? So here you've got eternity and time. And we're not in eternity, not yet. We're still stuck in time. Now here's God. He lives outside of time. He created time. He's not subject to time. So here's this, this eternal longing. And not only has God put eternity in our hearts, He's also left a blank line. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So He's put eternity there, but we still can't quite grasp it or know it. We, we cannot know or discover or find out 
this eternal God and what He does from beginning to end, and that's by design. In other words, it's God's way of saying, I'm infinite, you're finite. And even if I wanted to, I could not reveal to you in its fullness that which awaits you in the infinite, because you are finite. This is why it is that we have all these why questions, you know, and we even go as far as saying, which I question whether or not we're we're actually going to ever say that. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why. I don't think you're going to be doing that. I think for the first trillion years, of course we have the millennium, but I think it's just going to be, wow, worthy is the lamb that was slain. With that question, never mind. <laughs> because see, now I'm in eternity. Now I'm infinite as He is infinite, because I will be like Him when He appears. So, you know, as, as little children, they'll, they'll come to you with these, these little children questions. You've heard them all and done your best, bless your heart, to answer them all. Like, why is the sky blue? Well, because, you know, God likes blue. Why does God like blue? Well, because it's His favorite color. Why is blue His favorite color? And I mean, you know, about 25 questions deep, you're going, ay, 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 stop asking me why! I can't, even if I <laughs> knew the answer, you're not going to, because every why question I try to answer is going to create three more. It's like, it's got, it's like God saying, oh, I would love nothing more than to explain to you and answer every question for you. But even if I tried, how is it possible that finite is going to contain and fathom and comprehend infinite? It'd It'd be like pouring the entire volume of the world's oceans into a thimble. It won't happen. You can't contain it. You can't receive it. You cannot comprehend it. You're just going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait until in eternity. And then you're going to go, oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, now I see. Now I see. Verse 12. He kind of, again, goes back now. He's back and forth. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives and also that every man should just eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I'm so thankful that he included those last six words at the end of the verse. Because before he includes those six words at the end of the verse, he's basically saying this, hey, this is as good as it gets. Might as well just ink. Eat ink. That's a new one. That's a, it's, it's eating and drinking at the same time. New word, ink. <laughs> I'm going to eat. That's eating and... Anyways, again, it was a rough week. So I'm going to just eat and drink and, you know, this is as good as it gets. This is, as, this is all there is. But then he has to. It's like he's, again, forced to acknowledge that even that is a gift of God. He's forced to put God back in the picture that he's trying to paint, the picture of the purpose of life. Verse 14, I know (laughs) that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it, 
and nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. Do you see what's going on here? Again, he's, it's almost unwillingly, he has to acquiesce to the truth, the reality of the goodness of God. That God, no matter what, I can try to factor him out of my life. I can try to find the meaning of life without him. But at the end of the day, in the final analysis, I keep coming back to him because he will always have the final word in the end. God rules over all and overrules all. It's kind of like this. I can try to move God out of the way, but God is ever-present, and He will manifest Himself regardless of my trying to remove Him from my life. And this again is what happens with, I, I feel so sorry for the atheist. Well, think about this. I was, I was thinking about this. I heard someone mention this one time. I never really thought about it like this. So when an atheist is thankful, who are they going to thank? <laughs> thank you, God. Oh yeah, I'm an atheist. I can't do that. See, <laughs> it's the gift of God. James says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. You know the, the verses in Scripture, we saw it in the Proverbs, it's elsewhere, but the rain falls on the just and the unjust. How many of you, like me, I know early on I thought that, you know, yeah, God get them. You know, God, <laughs> it falls down on the just and the unjust. Get the unjust. It's not that at all. Rain's a good thing, especially when you have crops that need rain <laughs> and water because you don't have irrigation systems yet. So rain is a good thing. The meaning is this. God is good, and He will give good. He will give rain to both those who don't acknowledge Him, the unjust, and those who do. That's just who He is. And there's no getting away from it, whether you like it or not. He's the giver of all things good. Verse 15, that which is has already been, and what is to be has already been. And God, thank God, God's still here. <laughs> and God requires an account of what is past. Wow. Verse 15. This is good. Indulge me for just a moment because I don't want us to miss what God has here. You know what Solomon's doing here? He's reminding himself because it seems that in forgetting God, he's forgot this about God. And he's seeing the ramifications of it, the implications of it, the consequences of it. See, if man in the end does not have to give an account to God, wow, it's like a free-for-all. So this is kind of an anchor for him, a much-needed reminder for him, and it settles him. Because if it's a free-for-all, and man does not give an account, and it's almost like he's calming himself down. Okay, it's going to be okay. They're going to have to give an account. We're going to see this more in a moment. Verse 16, Moreover, I saw under the sun, 
In the place of judgment, wickedness was there. And in the place of righteousness, iniquity was there. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. Stay with me on this. It's almost like Solomon is saying it like this. God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, right? Right? Because if he doesn't and they're not held to an account, then in the place of judgment is wickedness instead. If there's no account, if God's not going to judge, and in the place of righteousness, iniquity is there. And that that ain't right. Okay, that's the last time I'm going to say that tonight. That ain't right. That, That is wrong on every level. Well, just wait, because at the right time, God is going to do the right thing, the righteous thing, the righteous judgment. God will judge the righteous, because this is, this is over the top. If God's not going to judge the righteous, and I'm watching the wickedness and the evil and the iniquity that is in this world today, if I didn't know that there's coming a time <laughs> that God's going to judge and hold everyone to an account, I don't know what I would do. I think of Psalm 73. The psalmist is having a crisis of faith. It's actually an understatement to say it that way, because he's looking at the wicked, the unrighteous, and they're prospering. And here he's walking uprightly in righteousness. He says, even in the psalm, what, I've cleansed my hands in vain? I've walked uprightly and righteously for nothing? I mean, everything the unrighteous and the wicked do, it prospers, and it seems like God just turns a blind eye with impunity. They seem to go on. They have no problems in their lives. And my life is riddled with problems. What gives? This does not make any sense to me. And then he comes to his senses, and then it makes sense when? When he goes into the sanctuary of the Lord and sees their end. It snaps him back. I mean, it just wakes him up. It's like, oh, okay, that's right. That's right. I needed to be reminded of that. Because I'm looking at this thing, like Solomon's looking at this thing going, no way. The wicked, (laughs) the iniquity, the evil in this world, and they're not going to be held to an account. I almost said it again. I told you I wasn't going to say it again, but I'll let you fill it in. (laughs) It's just wrong. Can I say that? I just did. So it's just wrong. And so, like the psalmist, Solomon is coming to his senses. He has to bring God back into it in order to come back to his senses, because that's the only thing that's going to make any sense. And it's this truth that God will have the final word. They will give an account. And understanding that settles me, (laughs) just knowing that. In fact, you go from almost envying them and coveting, you're jealous of how well things are going for them. They're not even walking with the Lord. How about that? And here I'm walking with the Lord. I'm serving the Lord. And my life is riddled with all kinds of difficulty and trials and pain and suffering and obstacles and adversity. And they they just go on their merry way. And I hate them. There, I said it. (laughs) 
And it's like God's saying, listen, this, that's, that's it for them. You've heard the saying, it's very apropos, that for the non-Christian, this is the most heaven they will ever know. Let that sink in. And conversely, for the Christian, this is the most hell we'll ever know. And when you understand that, and you have to bring God back into it in order to understand that, you say, oh, okay, I get it now. See, in the end, <laughs> God's going to set it all right. God's going to judge, and His judgments are just and fair. Verse 18, I said in my heart, concerning the condition of the sons of men, God tests them that they may see that they themselves are like animals. Now it's going to get a little bit uh, intense here for just a moment, maybe more than a moment. But what Solomon is saying here is, these men without God are acting like animals. I don't know if you've been following, it's, it's, it's really graphic, but and, and heartbreaking, but you know, these riots and the deaths that have come as a result uh, in Wisconsin, the last three nights, I think it is. And, um, you know, I, uh, those, call them rioters, I mean, they're, they're bait. Now, hear me out, don't misunderstand me here. They're acting like animals. I'm not going to excuse it, but I am going to try to explain it. They've been brought up all their lives, told that they come from animals. And you wonder why they're acting like animals? You, 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 you already succeeded in large measure doing what Solomon is trying to do here, not successfully, thankfully by the way, but they already succeeded in large measure removing God from the picture. You were not created in the image of God. You came from an animal, and no wonder you're acting like an animal. Why would we be surprised? So again, you have to understand that, you know, I was, ah, this is hard because there was a video, my son actually showed it to me, and this guy that got shot, and he eventually died, and I, I just, it just hit me that, and I said to my son, I said, that's somebody's son. You know, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Satan has sadly succeeded in getting us to see people as the enemy. So they're the enemy. No, Jesus died for them too. Jesus loves them too. They're not the enemy. They're the opportunity. They're the mission field. That's somebody's son. And, and how do you know that there's not a parent, a mom, a dad maybe, a grandparent that has been praying for that son, that daughter? I look at those young people and they, they've been reduced to animals. Animals brutally kill each other and devour each other. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're brutally devouring and, and destroying and killing each other, like animals. And that's what Solomon is saying here, and he says, verse 19, for what happens to the sons of men also 
happens to animals. One thing befalls them as one dies, so dies the other. Surely they all have one breath. Man has no advantage over animals, for all is vanity. Of course he's going to say that. Why? Because now he's gone back. Notice there's no mention of God here. God is once again out of the picture. And if God is out of the picture, then of course you've got man on the level of an animal. Man was created in the image of God. And this has been Satan's tactic from the beginning of time, is to try to sever that being created in the image of God to get us to live on the level of an animal. And would you agree that, again in large measure, he has been met with success? And we see it in front of us. He goes on in verse 20, he says, All go to one place, all are from the dust, and all return to dust. Who knows the spirit of the sons of man, which goes upward, and the spirit of the animal, which goes down to the earth. He's making no distinction between man and animal. Now here's what's interesting. When God created the animals, the beasts of the field, He said they were good. And animals were given, like man, the breath of life. Now, the only difference between animals and man is that animals were not created in the image of God. This brings up, and I I was inquiring of the Lord about this today. You know what one of the most often asked questions I get is, do my pets go up in the rapture? Oh, you want to know about this? That is actually next to questions like, what is the age of accountability? My children, you know, at what point are they accountable unto the Lord and not, you know, under that age of accountability? And will they go up in the rapture? Boy, I really dug myself into a, well, look at the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Okay, let's, let's tackle pets, all right, since we're talking about animals here. So what is the answer? I wish there were a clear verse in First Fleshalonians or something where I could turn to and say, here's the chapter, here's the verse. Yes, your pets will go up in the rapture and be in heaven. That answers the question. There is no such verse. You probably already knew that. So what do you do with a question like that? When you don't know, you fall back on what you do know. And what you do know is, in Genesis, God again created animals and it was good. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Ecclesiastes can seem daunting at first, but once you understand the heart behind the writer, it becomes inspiring. And who doesn't need to be inspired in their walk with Jesus every now and then? As you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, be encouraged to evaluate your life and the things you hold close to your heart. If you find the material things are closer to your heart than Jesus, be still before the Lord and ask Him to draw nearer to you. He's faithful and He'll meet you where you're at. If you haven't yet found a home church, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. 
You were never meant to do life alone. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to visit us. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor J.D. next time to learn more from Ecclesiastes right here on In Spirit and Truth.